Is it nine wins or bust for the Miami Hurricanes this season? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day, including Saturdays. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So uh, I saw this going around on Canes Reddit. They had a poll on this on the Miami Hurricanes Reddit page. And people are asking me this question all the time. Uh, if I had a nickel... For every time I've been asked this, I'd, I'd have a lot of nickels, right? What's the minimum number of wins for the 2022 season? The minimum number of wins that you would consider to be a satisfactory season or let's say a successful season for the Hurricanes coming up in 2022. Now, my prediction is 10 wins, which a lot of people think is maybe a little bit too bullish or a little bit too homerish of a pick. but for me, the line in the sand that I draw is nine. Now, if Canes win eight games, I'm not going to call for anybody anybody to be fired or anything like that. But if they win less than nine games, I'm going to consider that less than a success for this season coming up. And honestly, I think nine is really the magic number here, guys. The Las Vegas over-under is eight and a half wins. Right. So you would if you bet the over, you win if they win nine or more, you lose if they win eight or less uh, ESPN. They've been doing all their college football predictions lately. I mean, week zero starts today. Week one starts next week. That reminds me the countdown. Our Miami Hurricanes are seven days away from playing football games that count seven days away from the opener against Bethune Cookman next Saturday, September 3rd. But ESPN recently uh, they made a nine-win prediction for the Miami Hurricanes. So nine seems to be the magic number if you look at the external factors like the betting public, some of the national predictions. And listen, I think nine or ten could be and should be attainable, guys. I think nine wins should be an attainable goal for this year. You look at last year's Miami Hurricanes team with many of the same personnel, Probably less talent overall because Miami has done a lot of good things in the transfer portal. I know they lost their top two receivers, but I think that overall with everything the Hurricanes brought in on the defensive line, linebacker, they did bring in a transfer receiver and a transfer running back. Uh, I think Miami looks more talented right now on paper overall than they were a year ago. And they won seven games last year, similar personnel and inferior coaching a year ago I mean Manny Diaz and his staff far inferior on paper to Mario Cristobal and his staff and yet seven and five last year and three of Miami's losses to Florida State Virginia and UNC were decided by three points or less and came down to one or two back-breaking plays in those games not saying the Canes were great last year but they were a couple of tackles field goals and, you know, a fourth and 14 fiasco away from nine or 10 wins a season ago instead of seven wins a season ago. So that's reason number one why this is attainable. Let's not look and say, well, it's impossible for this team to win nine or 10 games. No, it's very possible. 
Now, if you do look at the schedule this year, it's definitely a tricky one. You've got two very tough road games on the schedule. You've got plenty of landmines in the ACC, right? Um, so let's look at games that are automatic wins, games that should be losses on paper, and then the real battleground games that are going to decide how much success Miami has this year. Now, um, and, you know, people are going to say, Dono, you're going to jinx this when you talk about some of these games. Uh, I'm sorry. I guess I risk being a mush here. But the first two games of the year against Bethune-Cookman and Southern Miss should be automatic wins, okay? So that should be two automatic free spaces to start the season. And I actually – I like the fact that you get a couple of warm-up games before you really go into the wood chipper. Right, because last year you started right in that wood chipper against Alabama, uh, who you know beat the snot out of you last year. This year you have you know a couple of kind of preseason type of games to get you ready for Texas A&M. But the first two games should be automatic dubs. Okay, now then you go to Texas A&M. I'm not saying that game isn't winnable. Okay, uh, I'm not saying Miami can't pull off the upset, but that one looks like a loss on paper. Uh, then you have Middle Tennessee, which, you know, again, should should be an automatic win. So that would be three. Uh, now, most of Miami's ACC matchups are winnable. Some of these can be very, very tricky. You've got UNC at home this year. Miami will be favored in that game, despite their recent lack of success against Mac Brown. Um, Virginia Tech on the road, always going to be tricky. And, you know, they're always going to look to make that a night game and then enter Sandman and those crazy fans and all that. Uh, Miami will be favored, uh, probably favored in that game. But that that's always tricky. Now, home against Duke. They're bad. That should be an automatic win. At Virginia, another game Miami should win. That's going to be tricky. Miami historically does not do well in Charlottesville, Okay. Home against Florida State, you've got the rivalry thing going on. Florida State wasn't supposed to beat Miami this year, even on the road. They're definitely not supposed to beat Miami this year at home. I'm never going to chalk up a Florida State game as an automatic win, although like another 52 to 10 or 65 to nothing would be really nice. Uh, now, home against Georgia Tech, that should be an automatic win because Georgia Tech is bad. That is kind of a trap game because it's right between Florida State and Clemson. So this coaching staff needs to keep these guys focused. Otherwise, you could be you know, at risk of mentally checking out. Right? This is the type of game under some previous coaches, Miami just wouldn't show up mentally. Hopefully, that isn't uh, the case this year. Um, now, on the road at Clemson, that's a game Miami's supposed to lose. Again, I'm not saying they can't win it, but that looks like a loss on paper. Uh, and then you wrap up the season, 12th game is home against Pitt. Um, I like Miami's chances there. Uh, that game is likely going to decide the Coastal Division. will probably decide who plays in the ACC Championship game, and that's a really, really big game. So to sum it up, I see possibly five automatic W's on the schedule in Bethune, Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee, Duke, and Georgia Tech. If you lose any of those games, it's a bad, bad sign as to where this team is right now. Uh, you've got two games then that the pundits would consider virtually unwinnable at Clemson and at College Station. And so really the remaining five, those are the battleground games. These are the games that's really going to decide if Miami has a successful season or not. I believe Miami needs to win at least four out of their five games against Virginia, Virginia Tech, UNC, Florida State, and Pitt. 
I hope and pray we win all five of those. And if we win all five of those, we're definitely going to the ACC championship game and probably ending up in an Orange Bowl type of bowl game, regardless of what happens in the ACC title game. So those five battleground games, I believe, will decide whether the season is a success or not. You need to win at least four of those. Now, my prediction for the season coming up, I predict 10 wins. And the reason why I say that is, I think Miami will lose one out of those five battleground games between Virginia, Tech, UNC, Florida State, and Pitt. I think you're going to find a way to lose one of those. Hopefully it's not the Florida State game because I don't want to lose to those guys for another year, right? But then I think Miami is going to pull off an upset, probably one of the two. I don't think they take both, but I think Miami is going to shock the world either on September 17th at College Station or on November 19th at Death Valley and win one of those on paper unwinnable games. So they're going to lose one that maybe they should win, win one that they're not supposed to win, and then hopefully they take care of business in those five automatic dubs, as I call them. So, okay, when we come back, I want to give you guys my keys, the top keys for the Hurricanes to exceed or at least meet those expectations. When you're talking about nine wins or bust, if you consider anything under to be under nine to be a less than successful year, these are the keys to meeting those expectations. And I also want to read your tweets because I threw this out there at Locked on Canes on Twitter. Make sure you follow us. If you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. You guys were tweeting me, what's the minimum number of wins you would consider to be a successful season for the Canes The answers are all over the board, and I freaking love it. I love you guys. So we're going to talk about that and more when we come back here, right after we talk about the importance of driving sober. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen, right? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow when you're high. They slow down. So you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. So stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, just don't get behind the wheel, okay? If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen and your first watch today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So here are, are my big three keys right? The things that are kind of uncertain, unsettled. These are the keys for Miami to exceed or at least meet the expectation that I have of nine wins or bust this year. Number one. Now I'm feeling pretty good about this, but you know, fall camp only shows you so much. Once you get to the regular season, bullets are live. It can tell a different story. Okay. Number one, The coaching staff needs to mesh, okay? You got a lot of big names on this staff, from Josh Gaddis running your offense, Frank Ponce coaching your quarterbacks. That's a guy who's qualified to be an offensive coordinator. He's coaching your quarterbacks. Charlie Strong, who's, you know, qualified to be at the very least a defense. He is co-defensive coordinator, but, you know, he's qualified to be a head coach or or a lone DC. He's coaching your linebackers, Kevin Steele. Even Jason Taylor, Jamila Dye, like you've got a lot of big names on this coaching staff that need to keep their egos in check and work together. They need to collaborate and they also need to allow 
Mario Cristobal to be the final voice and to be the CEO. Uh, Miami has a kitchen full of master chefs, right? It's a great coaching staff. It's the highest paid assistant coaching staff in the ACC, one of the higher paid ones in all of college football. But obviously, they need to be able to work in concert. We don't have the actual proof of that during regular season games. But I love this coaching staff. And I love how uh, these coaches have made the physical demands of camp even tougher than what it's been in recent years for the Miami Hurricanes teams. I think that's going to help Miami have a lot of extra physical and mental toughness because when you work so hard out there on Green Tree, it's going to make you physically and mentally tougher so the Hurricanes can find more consistency in games, right? Because we talk about a handful of plays last year, just a couple of plays against UNC, Florida State, really being the difference between seven wins or nine or ten wins. If you become so much physically and mentally tougher, you're going to be in position to win every play because a couple of plays can cost you a close football game. So hopefully Miami is making that difference. So talking about coaching is number one. Number two, offensive line needs to show the expected improvements because there's a certain standard. Once you bring in Cristobal and Mirabal, there is a certain standard of immediate improvement on the offensive line and Miami they want to emphasize the running game to set up the passing game right in most recent offenses Rhett Lashley I don't I don't really know what Dan Enos was doing a few years ago but with Rhett Lashley you were you know really throwing to set up the run you know this wants to be now a run first offense open things up uh, to the passing game and yeah if you look at the recent success the offensive success of Cristobal's Oregon and Gaddis's Michigan Wolverines, that success cannot happen, does not happen if they can't run block. Uh, Miami last year was a much better pass blocking team than a run blocking team. So let's see the sort of immediate impact you can get. And Miami has some good offensive linemen, some really good offensive linemen, including a left tackle who's projected to be a first round pick. Uh, so let's see if they can live up to the expected improvements this year, because that's going to be a huge key to unlocking this offense. And then key number three for me, when it comes to exceeding expectations, Miami's linebackers, they need to overperform their potential. They need to overperform. That's the weakest unit on this team on paper. I think they're going to surprise some people. One guy who's been talked about a lot who I know fans are, you know, maybe you're not too excited to run through walls for this player, but you can expect, I believe, Corey Flagg, who was Miami's leading tackler last year, you can expect him to be one of the most improved players on this team, period, based on his effort and what he's soaking up from Charlie Strong. Strong is raving about Corey Flagg. Caleb Johnson, who transferred in from UCLA, is going to be a huge piece here. Uh, Chase Smith is having a good camp. Wayman Steed as well. And I think that these guys are really going to benefit from the fast and physical defense that Kevin Steele wants to implement. And they're also going to benefit, I think, from the defensive line being improved. They look great so far in camp and on paper. And Miami's defensive secondary is loaded. So I think the linebackers can definitely benefit from all that, but they need to step up and they need to overperform their potential this year. So let me read some tweets from you guys because I asked you, what's the minimum number of Canes football wins that would satisfy you for this upcoming season? Uh, Polk Kane, who's a frequent commenter of ours, we love you. He says, 
nine wins, he says, would be the minimum, which I agree with, obviously. He says, we were a fourth and 14, a late tipped pass interception, and a doink field goal away from 10 wins last year. Could have said it better myself. Pretty much the same team coming back and a vastly improved coaching staff with Cristobal and company. So nine is very achievable. Polk, you and I, we think very much alike, sir. Uh, Terrence Sullivan says 10 wins minimum, 10 total. So I think he's probably including a bowl game. I wasn't even getting that far yet. But yeah, I think if if Miami can win nine out of 12 regular season, and then, you know, if you're winning nine games, you're probably playing in a pretty good bowl game and then you beat a tough opponent in the bowl, then yeah, I think we can all we can all be pretty happy about that. Clint says nine, but also being competitive in the games we do not win. That's a good point. Unlike recent years where we lay a complete egg in big games most of the time. That's, that's a good point. Uh, Aaron Icardi has a little bit of a lower standard. He says eight, but show improvement as the season goes along and be competitive at Clemson. That would be nice. Uh, VLKV, another frequent commenter of ours, says, beat Clemson and take the ACC. I don't care how it happens. The old me would have said 9 or 10, including a bowl, but I want to see something we haven't done with the new precedent of all that investment. Nathan says 9. Mike says 9. Texas A&M, Clemson, and probably a loss to Virginia or Virginia Tech on the road. People are too drunk on the Kool-Aid, he said. <laughs> The Kool-Aid has been flowing. No question about it. We're, we're all drinking. Some of us are sipping the Kool-Aid. Some of us are guzzling the Kool-Aid. But the Kool-Aid has been flowing. Charlie Foxtrot says 10. Blacktastic says 11, including a bowl win. Woo! That would be a superb season. Says the coaching staff and the quarterback are elite. No reason for anything less than an ACC championship game appearance. Now, listen... I don't think they're going to get to 11. I don't think, um, but I can agree on the second part. I, I think if, if they don't get to the ACC championship game, which means win the coastal, if they don't win the coastal, then they're, they're underperforming, right? Everybody is predicting Miami to win the coastal this year. Everybody. And that's despite the fact that Pittsburgh just won the division and the conference last year. We believe Pittsburgh has gotten a little bit worse and Miami's gotten at least a little bit better. So yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, Wow, I'm trying to read this person's Twitter name. Okay, he, he's got a weird like display name, but his handle is at Hurricane Brent. He says, no less than 10. Mario got 80 million. Time to earn that. Now, okay, I want to remind everybody. Mario Cristobal, he, yeah, he's getting paid $80 million, but he's not getting paid $80 million for the 2022 season. He's getting paid $80 million for the next 10 years. And that means we need to understand that, this is a project that it's going to take more than one season to get Miami contending for national championships. It, no matter how much we love these coaches and no matter how much these coaches are getting paid, we cannot expect this team to be top four in the country. Just poof, wave of a magic wand. Like it's, you know, this, yes, very highly paid assistant coaching staff, very highly paid head coach. But that money is not just to win for one season. That money is to build something that's a winner over the next 10 seasons. And so, listen, I'm, I'm not telling you you shouldn't expect Miami to be good. I'm just telling you do not expect Mario just to wave this magic wand 
and nobody misses any tackles and nobody drops any passes this coming year. It's like, you know, we might have to exercise at least a little bit of patience here. Okay. Um, Oh, Kane fanatic says this season, he says eight, we hired Mario for the, oh, wow, what I was just saying. We hired Mario for the long term, he says. He's building something, laying a foundation. Yes, we all want to win now, but be honest. He was brought here to turn this thing around, and it takes time. I'm here for the long haul, and this is year one of big boy football. Hashtag go Canes. Well said. I mean, I, I can still set my short-term standard a little bit higher than Kane Fanatics with eight, but I co-sign on everything he said there. Steve says 15. <laughs> I am never satisfied. Now, 15 wins, mathematically, it is possible. You win all 12 of your regular season games. You win the ACC championship game. That's 13. Then you play in the national semifinal. That's 14. Then you win the national title. That's 15. So you could conceivably go 15 and 0 this year. So it's not impossible. Somebody else wrote in 18 wins, which is not possible but 15 is technically possible marla writes in 12 regular season wins so she's expecting the hurricanes to run the table this year guys we got a lot more i don't have time to read all of them because uh man this is uh this week we might have gotten like 200 responses to this so keep tweeting us friends keep tweeting us at locked on canes if you follow us at locked on canes we will follow you back you can follow my personal as well at alex dono dono spelled d-o-n-n-o we're going to have a lot more content uh, this weekend. I I'm going to be doing an episode, another episode, either later today or early on Sunday. Haven't quite decided yet, but I'm going to do another episode this weekend on overlooked Miami players. Guys that are, and I think all of the ones that I'm going to zone in on are all upperclassmen who some of these guys may be coming off of injury struggles. Others have just really been having good camps and I think can jump off the page this year. Overlooked Miami Hurricanes players that could give Miami the extra depth and just extra punch this year to have an elite season. Because admittedly, we do an episode here, at least one episode every single day on Locked on Canes. And so we talk about a lot of different players and a lot of different storylines. There's still still a handful of players and probably coaches as well that we do not talk about enough, right? There are certain members of this Miami Hurricanes team for 2022 that do not get mentioned enough by me, okay? So we're going to correct some of that in our next episode coming up. And guys, make sure after you make us your first listen, make sure you make Locked on ACC your second listen. Candace Cooper and the great local experts of Locked on take you across the conference in under 30 minutes every single day. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. We will talk to you guys again later on this weekend. Uh, I think we'll have some recruiting stuff to get to as well. So make sure you keep checking the channel, check the audio podcast feeds, subscribe on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We will talk to you again soon on another episode of Locked On Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.